Welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Josh, and we've got Pastor Justin here, and we are going to be continuing our Fall in Love series that we're doing throughout the fall. That's right. It is Fall in Love based on relationships. You know, hearing you say it like that at yeah. the start, Fall in Love. It doesn't sound it, as cheesy, or is it even, It's worse. It's worse. It's okay. worse. Fall in Love. Yeah. we, we got to come up with something better. We're, we're two young dads. <laughs> I think that's probably the best we can come up with. Dad A jokes. good dad joke, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're going to continue. We're going to go part two of our purpose of marriage that we continued last week, right? Yeah. So we're going to continue a conversation we started. If you're just jumping in and you didn't hear part one where we talked about what marriage is, I'd encourage you to start there because we're building off of that and kind of counting on you understanding that material Hmm. and moving the conversation forward from there. Awesome. So we've got three different purposes of marriage that we find here in the creation account in Genesis 1 and 2. And I think it is important to remind them that this is an, exa- is it an exhaustive list. Yeah, it's not. Uh, there's so much to marriage and there's so much in the Bible about marriage. Right. But this is three different characteristics that we're pulling out of the creation account. And the first one we see is in Genesis 1, 28. I think it's, it's the obvious one, but it's definitely Definitely no uh, less important, and, part, and personally one of my favorites. It's Genesis one twenty eight. Yeah. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. Yeah. What do we see there, Justin? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about uh, based on what we talked about last week. So just to recap, we talked about how marriage in Genesis is introduced to us as a lifetime commitment. Mm. Okay, between a man and a woman yep. that is marked by lifelong exclusivity unfiltered vulnerability, and also by loving intimacy. So those three components, we mm. broke that down. And so with that being what marriage is, then what, what is marriage for? What does it do in our lives? And just like anything, so for example, we have here on our table, we have these City Rev mugs. And um, these City Rev mugs, they have a specific design to them. Um, there's a giant hollow hole at the top of the mug. Okay. Yeah. Right? They're made of a certain material that makes them beneficial for keeping things hot or very cold. Um, and so at the same time, I guess I could use this mug for different things. So for example, earlier I was drinking from it just as a joke. There's actually nothing in here. If you're watching this on YouTube, you would have been able to tell. But I, it, I could use it as a hat. Yeah, that's it's gonna fall on. Very right. nice. Okay. I don't know how safe that is, but you okay. could. You I could. could use it as a like a club and like beat Pastor Josh let's, over the head with let's it. Let's not let's not try that. Okay. Um. I I guess we could use it as a prop as it's currently doing right now on this table, right? I guess little secret. There's there's nothing. Oh, there's in nothing in today. there. Oh. There's nothing. Okay. Or you could use them for what they were actually made. They were made to. Or, I mean, ideally coffee right. in them and, and sip them, right? That's what this is for. And the whole purpose of this short little introduction is to make this connection in our brains because hmm. we know this to be true. Design, design is linked to purpose. Hmm. So the way something That's is good. designed links with the purpose for how it's to be used. And it's no different with marriage. Last week, last part, uh, part one, we talked about what marriage is designed for, right? Mm. What's the design? What is it? And this week, the transition we're making is what is it for? And to start uh, Genesis one twenty eight, it lays out this vision for humanity to be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth. Mm. And uh, marriage is the environment with which God designed for children to be produced and raised. 
Wow. And it's it's really, as a new dad, right? I right. have an eight-month-old at home right now. It is honestly a beautiful part of marriage, the yeah. the family unit, right? You have a mother, you have a father, and then you have, yes. now you have a child. And each uh, role is significant. Mm-hmm. And you you honestly start to deepen your relationship with the Lord as you walk through raising your child. Yeah. And, and it's designed that way intentionally. And that's why I believe there's so much mm-hmm. family language used all throughout the scriptures. Yeah. You know, God refers to us as sons and daughters. Yeah. You know, Jesus refers to us as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's it's a beautiful picture of marriage, but also a yeah. family and a family within the church. Yeah. There's, uh, there's some conversation in our culture right now, um, and there has been for decades now, yeah. that you can raise children in any environment, that it, it doesn't really matter, mm. um, you know, whatever the dynamic is like. Yeah. And the uh, the picture in scripture is that God's vision, his ideal, the target that we should be aiming for is that marriage is the place where um, the the loving care of a mother and father together pouring into their children is the best place for children to thrive. Uh, and so what I would say here in Genesis 1:28, I mean this is just an outflow of what we talked about last week, mm. you know, loving loving intimacy that component of marriage, um, yeah. that's significant, that uh, expression of how God made us as sexual beings and to share love in that moment, that children are the beautiful product of that love mm-hmm. and that they're birthed out of um, this, this process, this nine-month process that's an expression of our love for one another in these children. And so yeah. don't want to like move forward without just hitting that. And then as well, just making the note, there are some families that they want to have children. There's some marriages, like mm. mom, a mom and dad, husband and wife, they want to be moms and dads. Uh, but for whatever reason, health reason, one reason that they haven't been able to. And so what I wanted to speak to is that just because in Scripture this is laid out, that one of the purposes of marriage is for the, the making and raising of children, it does not mean that if you do not have a child and can't have a child Hmm. that therefore your marriage is less than or that you are less than yeah in fact one of the themes in scripture is god purposely choosing Mm -hmm. mothers and fathers who can't have children yeah uh who in their culture experience a great deal of shame and god specifically Hmm. chooses them to do his greatest work through yeah Uh, i think of uh, you know, the story of John the Baptist and his parents, Abraham and Sarah, uh, their stories all throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. So there's beautiful ways to be part of this. It is a part of marriage. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. It's a beautiful thing. It's for human multiplication. That's a part of the purpose of marriage. Yeah. And, and children do something that I think also our marriage does. It brings about a lot of personal transformation, yes. does it not? I mean, there's Great a lot segue. of, yeah, there's a lot of molding and shaping that God does in our hearts yes. when it comes to children and it comes to our, our marriage. There's, yeah. you have to learn how to be selfless in a new way. You know, you have yeah. to learn how to love even in the most difficult of circumstances. You know, I, I thought I was a very selfless person and then I got huh. married, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, then you I thought you had it figured out. And then, and then I had a kid yeah. and I'm like, man, I am a very selfish human being, you know, and there's so many ways that God uses those different relationships and, and, uh, marriage and and children in our lives. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a refining process. So number Mm. one purpose of marriage, 
not necessarily because of priority. We're just kind of naming these. Number one was human multiplication. Number yeah. two, uh, Pastor Josh just mentioned personal transformation. Uh, there's a transformation that takes place in marriage. And we see it in Genesis chapter 2. So in Genesis 2, the, the storyline sequence in this second kind of creation moment when God is zooming in and describing the creation of Adam and Eve, uh, at first we're introduced to just one. We're told that there's the human mm-hmm. in Genesis 2.18. And it says it's not good for the human to be alone. This is not a good situation. Hmm. He needs a helper fit for him. Uh, so the idea here is that the woman is going to provide some measure of strength that the man is lacking or else he wouldn't need help. All right. Mm. So he, there's, there's something lacking in him yeah. that he needs someone who's strong where he's weak and vice versa. So, so the idea is there's one in Genesis 2, 18 through 21. And then we're told God takes some from the side of Adam and makes the woman. So then there's two, right? So there was one, and then God makes it, so then there's man and woman, there's two. And then Genesis 2.24, it says uh, that the two will become one flesh. Mm. So it's a progression from there was one, and then there become two, and then verse 24, they become one. Mm. There's a transformation that takes place. Marriage is designed by God. It will transform you as a person. It is the most exclusive, vulnerable, and intimate of all human relationships and it's impossible to truly enter into that type of relationship and stay the same. Oh, that's so good. And I think about all the personal transformation that comes about through our friendships, Yeah. you know, through any relationship in general, how we are constantly being molded and shaped again into the image of Jesus Christ through our friendships because yeah. we're, we're tested through them. You know, we're, yeah. we're all human. We're all flawed human beings. We're all sinful human beings. And yes. so I can imagine that marriage would be that, but even greater yeah. in some ways, right? Yeah, totally. I, you know, in my childhood, I remember my parents, one of the things they were most concerned with me about was who I'm hanging out with, hmm. who I'm friends with, Yeah, who's going to be there <laughs> at that party. Oh, who's, you know, are their parents like, you know, to yep. who, who yep. are you spending time with? Because they know. And, and if you're a parent or if you're, uh, you know, a young adult, you, you remember your parents asking you this. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not a mystery. We know that who you spend the most time with will shape and influence you. And so, yeah, marriage is like that on steroids. Well, wow. You know, it's that uh, to, the, to the fullest sense. Wow. It's, it's personal transformation. Becoming one flesh with someone means that your lives are going to be so intertwined yeah. that it's impossible to separate the ways in which that person is marking you and changing you for better or for worse. And I think this is such a good reminder for those that may be in that single season of life or that dating season of life. Is the person that you're interested in or is the person that you're dating someone that you want to become more like? Yeah. Is this someone that you want your children to be like? Do they have those characteristics, those qualities about them that you want to to exhibit yourself? Yeah. That's such a a powerful uh, analogy, but also uh, testimony to the fact that marriage really is you two becoming one. Yeah. You become like each other. Yeah. And I'm reminded in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul says, hey, do not be deceived. Yeah. It's easy to, to, to miss this. It's easy to be deceived by this, but mm. do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good morals. Yeah. He, he doesn't give any kind of, um, you know, uh, picture of this 
a perfect marriage or a perfect relationship and you're good now, right? He's, he's just straight up, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good morals. Yeah, uh, completely. And what, what it looks like in marriage, uh, and a good question for young people to ask is just, will, will growing closer to this person help me grow closer to God? Mm. Will growing closer to this person help me grow closer? It's a good question to ask in your friendships too. Yeah, totally. That's a great general question to have. Yeah. That's the unequally yoked principle, just put to a question. You know, yeah. is that going to make me more and more like Jesus? And then think the reverse. Think about the power of Christian marriage. Then, if you are married to a believer in Jesus who is pursuing Jesus with their life, think about the amazing iron sharpening iron potential mm. of two people that are passionately pursuing Jesus and how that brings about transformation into wow. Christ-likeness. Yeah, that's it great. Is, it's, you know, it's not just the negative influences we need to think about when we're like, who are you hanging out with? You know, who are you spending time with? But in the context of marriage, when we're married to someone hmm. that is pursuing after Jesus, that that has the capacity to shape us. And I'd say, you know, if you're someone who is married right now and your spouse is not a believer um, and your spouse is someone, there's still ways in which you can be refined by God in that marriage. Yeah, absolutely. God, God, his call for those who are in a marriage and you've committed yourself to someone and they're not a believer. Maybe you became a Christian after you got married and your spouse isn't a Christian. Um, or whatever the situation, if you're in marriage, hmm. God's call is to, for you to love them as God has loved you, to pray for them. Hmm. Um, and there are still ways to look for in which you can put aside your selfishness, put aside your pride yeah. and serve the other. There's still ways in which we can be transformed into the image of Christ through marriage. Yeah. Uh, and that's God's goal in our, our lives in general, right? Yeah. To, to make us more like his son, Jesus. And he, in marriage, I, I think you said it is the ultimate refining tool. Yeah. It's, it's a way that he, he will constantly mold and shape us. And, and I'm reminded of, of Romans 8, 28, that yeah. verse that we love to quote, all things work together for good for those yeah. who love God and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. But it's the verse after that we so often forget, mm-hmm. verse 29, that the reason why he does that is to slowly turn us more and more into the image of his son. And yes. I think this is something that we see here uh, in the creation account as another purpose for marriage, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about the first one, human multiplication, Hmm. Number two, personal transformation. And then the third purpose of marriage, it's here. And this one is a little bit of a mystery for us, but Paul Hmm. in the New Testament unlocks it for us and helps us to see it Hmm. so that we can't unsee it. But the third purpose I want to talk about is divine revelation. Divine revelation. There's something God reveals about himself in marriage. And Paul in his teaching on marriage uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, he quotes directly from Genesis 2. He quotes these verses verbatim. He says, man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. And Mm. then in verse 32 of chapter 5, Paul says about this verse, he says, this mystery is profound that a man should leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. The two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And Paul says, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Mm. So just to catch up and get our brains caught up with what Paul is saying, he's saying that Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 that a man should become one flesh with his wife, that this is a profound mystery hmm. that is talking about the relationship between Christ and the church. And God could have set up any type of relationship as the primary human relationship, but this is the type of relationship that God has designed to be at the center of human civilization. Wow. The question we should ask is why? Why? Well, it's because, according to Paul, 
It's this profound mystery that uniquely teaches us about Jesus and his bride, the church. Hmm. The unfolding of story of scripture picks up on this theme and it becomes a story of a God who, like a groom, is in pursuit of his people, his bride. And as the story of scripture unfolds, marriage is this metaphor that gives us a sense about how we're supposed to relate to God. Um, This is how God reveals himself in, in books like Hosea, where Hosea is this character who is prophet, who's called to love a woman who's unfaithful to him and to, to care for Gomer, his unfaithful wife, as a, a, a living, breathing example of God's pursuit of his bride, his people. Wow. And that ultimately becomes tied up in a beautiful bow and fulfilled in the person of Jesus, where Jesus himself, he is the true Adam. He is the true groom who's come in pursuit of his bride, Um, the church. And so a relationship with God, Hmm. uh, us having that type of relationship with God, we often think of God as father because he's revealed as father in scripture and we ought to. We're told in scripture to think about God as friend Hmm. because he invites us, Jesus tells us in the gospel of John, I I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. So we're to relate to God as friend. We're to relate to God as king, Hmm. which speaks to his authority yeah. His grandeur, his power. Uh, we're to relate to God as um, we're to relate to God as uh, in in parts of Scripture. There's ways in which the motherly aspects of God, like Jesus saying, "Hey, I wish I could gather you, Jerusalem, as a as a, a mother hen would gather its chicks under its wings." You know, hmm. it's this picture of you know God in this way, the parental love of God. But one of the ways we sometimes forget about relating to God is as Mm. our spouse with this type of love. Uh, Isaiah 62, verse 5, it says, And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Wow. So God wants us to see him with this type of spousal love, this, this love that is exclusive, that's unfiltered vulnerability and loving intimacy. Mm. Marriage is a tiny picture on earth of the reality that we have access to in the kingdom of God, of, of loving God in this way and experiencing his love. Wow, that's, that's so beautiful. So marriage isn't just a way that God refines you to look more like his son Jesus, but it's also a way he points to Jesus. He yeah. points to God and our, our marriage is a picture yeah. of God's love for us. Yeah. Wow, it's that's so powerful. It's a living, breathing picture, example for us to be able to experience in a tangible way glimpses, just glimpses of the intensity and passion that God loves us um, and his love for us. Wow, um, that's so good. There's a quote that I love from, from The Meaning of Marriage. It's a book by Tim Keller. I think you've got it if you want to read it just to close our time. I think this is just so powerful and captures the heart of really this, this, these two part, this two-part conversation. So maybe close this there. Yeah, for sure. He says this, within this Christian vision of marriage, here's what it means to fall in love. It is to look at another person and get a glimpse of what God is creating and to say, I see who God is making you and it excites me. I want to be part of that. I want to partner with you and and God in the journey you are taking to his throne. And when we get there, I will look at your magnificence and say, I always knew you could be like this. I got glimpses of it on earth, but now look at you. Yeah, it encaptures that that vision of 
partnering with someone for a lifetime hmm. on a journey to God's throne of becoming more and more like God's son. And marriage is God's greatest gift uh, to humanity hmm. in terms of how he sanctifies us. Uh, it's one of the primary means he uses in our lives. Marriage is not for everyone. We're told in scripture that marriage is a gift that God gives to some. Singleness is a gift he gives to others. Uh, it's not as though the single person is lacking uh, and that the married person is somehow gaining. There is a unique grace to each season and stage of whatever God, according to his wisdom, has called us to. Uh, at the same time, there is this incredible power and capacity. We're told from the very beginning of Scripture of what marriage is for. It's for human multiplication. It's for personal transformation and divine revelation. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, hey, that wraps up uh, this episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Uh, we hope that you join us for our next episode as we continue mm -hmm. our season, Fall in Love. Fall in Love. That's right. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.